With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, my phone is falling. Oh, no. Oh, no. Fuck, fuck, fuck. All right. You ready? As ready as I'll ever be to discuss the film. Let's go. Get into it. All right. Hello, anyone listening, and welcome back to another episode of the Views from the Loft podcast. I'm Aaron. Join me as usual. It's Trevor. As I, society is uh, slowly crumbling around us. Yeah, I was going to say, we're on like, is this, are we coming up on week three or week four of? I don't know. Of corn- I I've, no I've lost idea. track, honestly. No idea how many days it's been, weeks, months even. <laughs> They're digging mass graves at this point. Um, so, yeah. you know, also, it's fucking I, wild. I saw an article that New York is, like, just letting prisoners out of jail. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, not, like, just, like, you know, nonviolent drug crimes. Like, they let someone out who had, like, a murder charge or something. Dude. So, it's a crazy have and wild world out there. Um, And we're watching movies and talking about them. Yeah, we're watching movies... Sometimes doing homework, Sometimes. playing video games. We're the voice of reason, a light in the darkness, if you will. That is. No matter what happens, all of our faithful listeners can come here Dude, and feel for, safe and secure. For some reason, the last episode like spiked in uh, listeners, like before anything. So I'm starting to think, are like bots. Can bots listen to a podcast? Can bots listen to a podcast? I don't know. Well, hello, bots. The only thing I do is tweet it out, like for like promotion, and I can I can view the stats on that, and the stats do not like link up to how many like listeners we had on the. Well, last how do you one. even how do you even stumble onto a podcast? Like That's, how do you? I I've never do you done find it. Find a podcast. Like, I know, yeah. but our last one like. I don't know. It spiked in views, but like I'm not. I don't think like we actually. I, I'm convinced like there's some kind of like bots that are listening or something. Well, you know, we don't judge here. Yeah. All are welcome. Bots are welcome. Listen, we have crappy McDick. Uh, we have. What's the other guy's name? It feels weird if we only say crappy McDick. Luke, right? Luke. Luke. Yeah, Luke. He, followed us, on, last name, he followed us on Letterboxd. Uh, oh, he did? Yeah. What, I, his name was isn't Luke on Letterboxd, but it's like his last name. Like. Oh, I see. Yeah. So That, that must yeah. be why I didn't notice. Yeah. So thanks, Luke, if you're still listening. Quasney, <laughs> um, is that it? Yeah, Quasney, I think. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. You know what? He's going to get a follow from me. Oh, dude. I just did it. I just followed you. I'll follow him back, too. I haven't followed him back. I follow Crappy McDick back, so it's only I, I follow anybody who's a legitimate user who follows me back. And by legitimate yes. user, I mean somebody who doesn't have 
an inordinate amount of people they're following Not instead Dan. of following them. Yeah, fuck Dan. If anyone has Letterboxd, you probably know who Dan is because he's following half a million users. <laughs> Which has got he's got to have some yeah. kind of like program set up to to do that. There's no way. No, no. But anyway, I guess that's nothing new. So that's the that's that's the little banter, you know, before we get into our segments. <laughs> Is there any news to speak of? I'm not familiar. With I fa- I found this news like just a couple minutes right before, so it's not that interesting. <laughs> but uh. A bunch of uh, Bong Joon-ho's movies are on Hulu now. That's less of oh, news cool. and more of just a service announcement if anyone wants to check those out. Parasite is on there. Uh, the Host is on there. And a few of his other ones are on there. Snowpiercer? I think that's still on Netflix, actually. Oh, okay. Well, then... So is Okja? Is that his other one? Okja's a Netflix original, though, yeah. Oh, okay. I think Snowpiercer is still on Netflix as well. But a lot of his movies are on streaming now, I guess. You know, the Oscars. That's good. Needs more exposure. Yeah. And then the only yeah. other thing I found, I don't know how much either of us are interested in this, but I just went on like, I just went on a website that was like showing all the most recent like news articles and half mm-hmm. of them one of them was top ten things about like uh behind the scenes that you didn't know about uh Alita Battle Angel <laughs> and I was like <laughs> That's not news. <laughs> so maybe it was a slow news week, but um Yeah, so the Batman movie by Matt Reeves uh production got delayed. I mean ev- reasonable. That's not, like everything's getting delayed. I could have just like said any movie and said it got delayed and it probably would have been news, but this is just what I saw. Um he said that like twenty five percent of the movie has been shot and he's taking the time as an opportunity to explore and think about uh, larger sequences that have yet to be filmed. So, What if because of coronavirus all these films are amazing because they had so much time to just sit and think? That's kind of what I was saying in like the interview I was reading about how like normally you're so rushed and there's a bunch of like studio interference to get it out as fast as possible. But now he just has like all the time in the world to like go over editing and you know, think about the so, script more. This having been said, you've heard it here first, folks. Shang Chi will be the greatest Marvel film <laughs> ever made. You were right I last don't... week. It did get bumped all the way back to next year. Damn. Um, I watched that a is... video. I think it was Mister Sunday Movies talking about like basically what they've done is like every Marvel movie they've moved it back a slot. So yeah, that sounds reasonable. Since they have, you know, they have like the whole five-year plan, like three or four movies a year, they've just bumped everyone back a slot. So, mm. if you're wondering how far back they got delayed, just look at the movie that was supposed to come out next, and that's the new, that's the new spot for it. Man, I can't wait to see Eternals after I'm a fucking graduate. <laughs> when are um, we gonna see New Mutants? <laughs> that's the big question. That's, yeah, that's a real question right there. New Mutants. You know what? I don't or not. I don't think New Mutants would have. I don't think that's gonna make a lot of money in theaters. I don't think it ever was. Wait, we've been saying that they're gonna drop it on some streaming for that's, fucking years now. They have Disney Plus. That like that's their opportunity, but they delayed it. I don't know why they just didn't drop it. Because it's gonna. Nobody's bomb. gonna go see it. Yeah. Fuck. When, when the Fox Universe was still a thing, no one wanted to see it. Now that it's just a movie mm-hmm. existing in an already dead like 
universe, that's even less of a reason. Oh, you know what though? I'll definitely see it. I'll see it because it's like a because, me- it's a meme. Yeah, it's a meme. Point. It's a bit. It's like yeah. let's go watch fucking New Mutants. <laughs> you remember that movie? Yeah. I haven't been to the theater at all this year because of the shit with coronavirus. Like I hadn't gone much, and then all this happened. What was I've the last movie you saw in theaters? The, the Turning. Oof. Oh yeah, you went on a a little date. I went on a date and I watched The Turning and um, lovely girl, friendly girl, good 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 person. Bad movie. Um, Terrible movie. Um, I told her, it's like, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I was like, I just, I fucking despise that. That's in my head. I just, God damn. My last movie was Rise of Skywalker, so. Unfortunately, mm. neither of us went out on a high note. On a high note. We just saw shit, like, the last time. Mm. All right, well, well. I guess, speaking of movies we've seen. Yeah, we can talk about. Have you been keeping up with the movie a day because i actually did uh as you may have noticed <laughs> i was gonna follow say. me on letterboxd <laughs> i have not kept up with this at all well you only had one this week i only had one this week all right see originally i was like i can catch up like i can watch like two in a day and then it became three in a day and four and i gave up um well if anyone looks at my letterbox it's gonna look like i gave up for the 11th because i'm not gonna have a film logged but uh i watched under the silver lake and i don't want to like just in case anyone on letterbox also listens to the podcast i don't want to like spoil my thoughts before the episode i don't post them on, i don't post them unless you change my mind you know in case you change my mind i mean to say oh yeah like, i don't know if like maybe it'll become <laughs> dramatically different i've made some bold fucking statement and then i like have to go back on it but well you kind of changed um, my mind on brother so but uh so i'll you, just yeah if you only have one with, you can go yeah i'll get it out of the way with what i've seen so i watched um the lobster which is an a24 movie i believe let me see what year it was because i think it was uh I'm not going to use my uh, keyboard because I listened to one of the podcasts and became succinctly aware that you can hear my keys sometimes. I feel like it was probably mine. <laughs> it could be either of ours, really, because my sensitivity's up, but yours keyboard is loud, so. Yeah. Um, you know, The Lobster is a 2015 movie stalling, starring, stalling, starring Colin Farrell, famous um, sex tape actor Colin Farrell. Um, it's a bit of a weird movie. Um, it's a. Have you ever heard of it? Uh, yeah, I think it's on my watch list. It's a set in a near future, I guess, dystopian world where uh, nobody's allowed to be single, and if you become single, you're basically put into boot camp at a hotel to find a partner within like a 45 day time frame or else you're turned into an animal if you're choosing for no real reason they don't give any reason as to why that's what happens um, I guess they imply that's how they get animals now there's a scene where somebody's like yeah everybody picks a dog that's why there's so many dogs and everything else is endangered <laughs> I, I don't know if that's you know but it was interesting uh, there are a lot of parts of it that are um, really funny. There's, a good, there's good comedy in them because Olivia Coleman's in it. 
Um, you might remember her, Aaron. She won, like, uh, I think Best Actress a year or two ago for The Favorite. Best Lead Actress or Best Supporting Actress. I can't recall. I've not seen The Favorite. And she's been on British television a lot throughout the years. Um, and she was in this. Um, yeah, it was. It, there was a lot of good comedy, dark comedy mostly. Um, but it also managed to be exceedingly. Um, kind of bleak mm -hmm. um, but also kind of heartwarming but just mostly bleak and it left me feeling kind of hollow um, in the end but I did like it a lot it was a great, it was a great movie it's a 9 out of 10 for me which I don't think I've actually given anything a 9 out of 10 on this podcast bro you're Yet. lying you did watch another movie this week <laughs> what was it Dark Fate <laughs> You teased it oh last week. Oh my god, I forgot about I Dark was just looking Fate. at your letterbox to look at your lobster review, and I saw that you have Terminator Dark Fate. You teased it last week. I guess and I your, watched it because I knew I teased you? it. No, I did it. I was like, Dad, you want to watch Dark Fate? And he's like, why do you want to watch Dark Fate? All of a sudden, I was like, I have to. I have a um, podcast, Dad. It's pretty serious. It's pretty serious. Our business. last episode, you, you I had 50 bots listening in. <laughs> Said uh, Dark Fate. Dude, the classic Trevor sigh before he, the rant. No, I can't rant about Dark. Are you shitting me? <laughs> it just sucks. Dark like... Fate, it just it. I'll say this: it was better than Genesis, and I think it was better than Salvation. But it's if it's better, it's by one point, and it's just because some of the action sequences were okay, and for whatever reason, I found Old Man Arnold Schwarzenegger to be thoroughly entertaining. <laughs> oh, um. Wow. The fact that he is in this film a reformed robot assassin who gets into a non-sexual relationship with a Hispanic woman and raises her child is to me the funniest shit because he still has a pretty robotic voice. It's not as it's not as robotic, but I guess they wanted him to sound somewhat robotic probably two reasons. One, to make it like, okay, he is like a robot that has learned some kind of humanity, but he isn't really fully human. And also, two, they wanted to mask how terrible of an actor Arnold Schwarzenegger is. <laughs> and so it's the funniest shit in the world when you hear him go onto the porch as his wife pulls in and say, Hi, honey. <laughs> we have company. And it's just, and he's like, our relationship is not physical. <laughs> I am a good listener. He says shit like that, but um, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, Sarah Connor's character is god-awful. They butcher a lot of her characterization from T2 and the first Terminator film, um, and there's a lot of stuff they say about her that isn't really earned. Um, like this scene where she is giving her, like, tortured backstory, and she says, uh, yeah, so now I drink until I black out. <laughs> and uh, you never see her actually drink, though, if I remember correctly. <laughs> and in fact, she's the only character in the movie who directly refuses alcohol at one point. Because, and the reason is because Arnold hands it to, him, to her. 
and she's like, I don't want it from you, you know, the fucking Terminator. Um, and that's what they were trying to imply. It's like, oh, she doesn't even, even though she's an alcoholic, she won't take a Corona from him. But it's like, that's, I, I'm not convinced she's not a fucking teetotaler. You know, you just can't just say shit like that and then expect me, oh, yeah, that's what it is. And everybody else was just largely inoffensive. I didn't care about them either way. Um, just mediocre at best, <laughs> even annoying at worst. Um, they, they, it's kind of funny because there's um, some lines they deliver that are like the equivalent of some kind of uh, fucking badass one-liner I'd come up with in a drunken haze. <laughs> like I'm playing like a MOBA, like a shooter, and I'm like drunk off my ash, and I go, "Fuck you." Fucker. That's basically the uh, equivalent of some of the epic lines they deliver. So yeah, four out of ten. Um, better than Dark Phoenix. Um, yeah, I'm, I like how I said I wasn't gonna rant about that, and then I ranted <laughs> about it. It made me very angry. Well, if you're stuck in quarantine and you only have Dark Phoenix and Dark Fate to watch, I guess watch Dark Fate. Yeah, watch Dark Fate if you're in a fucking cave, and and. Or if you have a gun held to your head, this is better. Somebody says, Dark Phoenix or Dark Fate? They both got dark in it, and they're both properties nobody cares about anymore. Uh, which one do you want to watch? Dark Fate. Alright, well, I uh, I did keep up with the quarantine Rub it in. movie Rub it a in. day challenge. Uh, so, I'll, I'll try not to go too in-depth on each of these, but some of them I have a lot to say, kind of. Uh, the first one I watched, I did tease this last episode. I watched the first Austin Powers movie, Austin Powers International Man of Mystery. And I thought it was all right. Like, I don't know. It takes a lot for me to get really into a comedy. Um, this is like one of the, I gave it a six. I'll just say that. But it's one of those movies we talked about earlier where it's like, oh yeah, six. Like, not, not mm-hmm. in a bad way. Um, cause I, I feel like I, tend to rate pretty low when it comes to comedy um unless it's something like i really enjoy but it did kind of like remind me of like the the uh, like the air airplane um and some of the sense of humor and i like that because that's probably like one of my favorite comedies i can see that yeah yeah i feel like some of the gags kind of went on for like way too long and some of it aged kind of poorly, but not not as bad as I thought it was. Um, so yeah, like overall, enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I wasn't like that involved in the story or anything, but like most of the jokes were all right. So, and then next I watched uh, Dirty Harry from 1971, and I really liked this. Uh, there's some like controversy around this, I guess, that I wasn't aware of. Uh, I got into it more on my letterbox review, but I don't want to like get into it on the podcast but i thought it i thought it was presented really well and i enjoyed like the themes of the movie and i thought clint eastwood was good and i liked the characterization of dirty harry the big things i liked about this movie were the uh the soundtrack and the cinematography i thought were both like really well done there are just some like great shots in this movie and then the soundtrack is awesome and it's not like used that much it's really only on when like uh, I don't know there, there's like a serial killer and it really only plays when he's like doing shit so 
it, it was used like not very much, but when it was, it was very good. Um, yeah, I gave that an eight out of ten. I might have already said that. And then next, I watched the host uh, from Bong Joon Ho on uh, Hulu, and it was really good. Definitely not as good as like Parasite, but I mean, I didn't really expect it to be. I'm like a pretty big fan of like monster movies i love like all the old godzilla movies so i enjoyed this um some of the cgi like hasn't aged that well and my, my major complaint i can't really talk about without like spoiling the movie but i'll just say i thought there were some like i thought there were some like i don't know if they were plot holes or they just weren't or like they were just completely ignored because it didn't fit in the narrative but there were some things they set up that was like never really touched on again which i didn't really enjoy that but like overall it was really fun i gave it a 7 out of 10 and the the dad from parasite i think is in this one oh much younger i imagine yeah he's got like blonde hair Bruh. in this and he's like kind of playing like the like stone he's kind of playing like a stoner <laughs> like uh you know, working like a shitty job and like he doesn't. It's funny because in my mind, I can't picture him any younger than he is in Parasite. But I'm picturing with everything know. else you've said, <laughs> and it's a really funny image. I think he dyed his hair in the movie, like for the movie, to show that he was like, a, like, <laughs> like a stoner. Because, like, I, I guess maybe spoilers, but at a point in the movie, he like turns his life around, and then his hair is black. So, I think that was like, I don't think he had blonde hair, but this has deep. Uh, messages about korean culture and their <laughs> attitudes toward blonde people <laughs> but it was pretty good um there was a whole subplot about like a virus uh which i wasn't aware of so maybe no. maybe you want to like escape the real world maybe it's not the best one to check out um but there's a great scene where like he uh, this isn't really spoiling anything but someone is getting tested for the virus and they need to like get out of the hospital so he's they steal the he it's a he he steals the blood test that they took and then just starts spraying the syringe on all the nurses and doctors to get out i guess i didn't mention but it is like a dark comedy and i thought it was very funny um and it mixed the tone well that seems to be something he's good at as a director yeah um so then that movie reminded me of cloverfield and cloverfield just so happened to be on netflix um i watched cloverfield when it first came out and i just remember hating it i was like pretty young though and i think my main complaint was like i just i really didn't like the found footage style but now coming back to it i think that's like a pretty creative way to display this type of movie um because you know most of the time when it's like a monster movie it's always about like the military you know going after it like it's always from like an interesting character's perspective like the character has something that makes them unique like in all the old Godzilla movies it's like you know they have they have a plan to like kill Godzilla and like I, I, the new Godzilla movie it's like Aaron Taylor Johnson is like an army guy who's a just guy. So yeah, he, but he is in the army and he's like deployed in every scenario that you know brings him the most action I guess and then the terrible king of the monsters um the main characters are like on a special unit that are like sent out to track them i guess but this is just kind of like 
just some random people who are at a party at like ground zero for when the monster like hits land and it's just like them surviving for seven hours which i thought is like really interesting um i will say though uh well as far as like the monster goes um the size is like it changes from scene to scene um mm. So I, I don't know if that's like just inconsistency with like the CGI at the time, uh, but I was reading into it. Apparently, there's a theor- there's like a theory that there's like two different monsters. But dude, I don't know. you know what that's reminding me of? <laughs> what? The very famous bigger Luke theory. Oh, bigger Luke, yeah, bigger Cloverfield theory. Um, the characters in this movie, though, even though it's cool to see like just normal people going through it, uh. They all kind of suck, and the first 20 minutes of this movie is, like, some shitty, like, like we're going to a party, but the girl I hooked up with last month is coming, and she brought her new boyfriend, and they're, Uh-oh. all the actors are, like, in their, like, mid-30s, I assume, but they're acting like how a high schooler would perceive a frat bro. Like, they're not even like behaving yeah. as, as bad as frat bros they're behaving as like how a high schooler would view a frat bro like i can't wait to go to college like but they're all in their like <laughs> mid-30s so it just kind of and tj miller his voice in this movie will haunt me until the day <laughs> i die because he's the guy holding the camera so you always get his commentary and there's, I, I can just think of a few. There's one where, this happens within like the first 20 minutes, so it's not a spoiler. I'm not going to say any names. But there's one where a main character's um, brother dies. And TJ Miller is like on the other side of the room. And he's zooming in on like the man like having a breakdown. Because he just had to tell his mother that her son is dead. And then he goes, I feel like I should like say something, you know, but... I just don't know what to say, you know? <laughs> and then there's another scene where <laughs> he's like flirting with this girl and she makes a reference to Superman. And he goes, Whoa, you know who Superman is? <laughs> and I, I, I wanted to stop watching the movie at that point. But then the girl like points it out and she's like, Yeah, I also know who Garfield is. Do you think that's like fucking crazy? <laughs> like, it's just but the way he delivers all his lines like even in dramatic moments his constant commentary of being like oh shit like as there's like a giant monster running towards them he's just like oh dang is he the one who at the end of the film in spoilers for fucking cloverfield which yeah i don't know how many years ago just skip ahead like a minute if you don't want to hear spoilers like they're they're crashing in that helicopter is he the guy who goes like oh my god 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 i don't remember yeah probably if it's a guy's voice yes i think it was a guy it's been so long i just yeah that's not really even a spoiler though there's a helicopter crash but helicopter i don't know some people are particular yeah yeah some people are but i don't know he he ruined a lot of this movie for me but like none of the characters are particularly that good um so i give this one a six out of ten and then the Mm. final movie i watched uh was looney tunes back in action and this movie is insane and i forgot how insane this movie is i also figured out it was it's directed by the same guy who made gremlins 2 
which maybe <laughs> explains why I love Looney Tunes back in action. There was a point where I was like thinking and I'm like, there's been like a joke a minute. And I was like, okay, for the next minute, I'm going to count how many jokes there are. And there were nine jokes in a single minute. And, That's insane. And it's that pace for the entire movie. And they break the fourth wall. They do all this crazy stuff. So it's like for a while, I was like, I'm like, I'm like laughing at some of these jokes. That's pretty wild. But then I realized like, yeah, if a movie throws a million jokes at you, you're bound to laugh at some of them. So, like, a lot of them weren't that, like, funny. But some of them were... Um, there's a scene where Brandon... Because Brandon Fraser plays a stunt double. But also Brandon Fraser, the actor, exists in this universe. So there's a scene where the character being played by Brandon Fraser gets into a fight with <laughs> Brandon Fraser, the actor. Um, and it's just, like, an insane movie. I gave it, like, a 6 out of 10... I don't know. Um, it it's just it's wild. It's definitely like a movie you watch just to say you watched it, not like you need to see this movie. It's just like it's a trip. Um, I do think it's better than Space Jam though. But yeah, that's that's all the movies I watched for this week. That probably went on longer than I should have, but no, you had to get through it. I'd imagine you have seen quite many films. Yeah, I'm gonna take um, a drink of water. Because I just talked for so long. <laughs> just, I was trying to get through it so fast, but... You did it, though. You did the challenge. I did it. I'm going to keep trying to do it. Um, if, you you follow, if you follow me on Letterboxd, it might be a little skewed. Because, like I said, I won't be logging a film for today. Well, hmm. so here, here's my problem, Trevor. Yeah. So when you log a film, you can change the date in your diary, right? Mm-hmm. So right, but also every review I've been doing at the beginning of the review, I've been saying quarantine film number, right? So, I w- I won't be logging a film today because I've seen Under the Silver Lake, and I won't log that until Monday because that's when the podcast comes out. But tomorrow, or technically today, Sunday, I am going to be watching another movie. So next in the list, if you're just going based on my reviews right now, it will be number seven. But technically, I've already watched number seven because that was under the Silver Lake. Mm-hmm. So is it weird if t- the film I logged today, I log as number eight, and then on Monday, I log number seven? Or do I just say today is number seven and make... I think you should just like log number seven on Monday and just say, fuck it. So tomorrow, I'll be like... I mean, today, Sunday, I'll whichever one I watch, I do number seven. No, you go ahead. Like, oh, whichever... I do number maybe eight. I'm, yeah, maybe I'm mis- not wording this, but... Because you're not gonna... You're not gonna post this movie... No. Until Monday, until right? Until Monday, yeah. So it's like... Yeah, just... Just go in... Just... Uh, yeah, just... Like, go in the order that you've watched them, not that you've posted them. Okay. Because if you put the dates... If somebody were to look at your diary, it would still show up in the right order... Yeah, it's just like in the feed it won't look right, but if you go back yeah, to the diary, they might not even well. notice the feed. I don't even. No one would know. No one would know. No one pays that much attention. I don't even. I don't think I would notice. It was just something that bothers me. But yeah, no one would pay attention. <laughs> um, well, speaking of the movie we watched today, speaking of uh, paying attention, it's pretty interesting because last week we made a joke that maybe this is the movie that we disagree on. 
And we it, might, we might. I'm not sure exactly where well, I am. Well, I'll get, I'll get into it. But first, we watched uh, 2018. Oh fuck! Film Under the Silver Lake, directed by David Robert Mitchell, who last week we said um, also uh, directed It Follows, which I think Probably we both some other things we both enjoyed. Yeah, he made some other movies that I haven't seen. Um, as always, going off the assumption that anyone listening has already watched the film, we're not going to give a scene by scene breakdown, and we will be, you know, talking loosely about spoilers. Um, I'll give a quick summary now. I feel like every week since we've started this podcast, my summaries have just got worse and worse. Okay. I, I feel like, uh, honestly, feel like Two Lane Blacktop was like a pretty good summary, but they've just been getting worse. So for this one, I'm just going to read the summary off Letterboxd and see how that goes. Oh, okay. Because also, I feel like this is a really hard movie to give a summary of. Um, it is. So this and is. And what more can you say? This is the Letterboxd uh, summary. Uh, Oh, this movie stars Andrew Garfield as well as Sam. I didn't mention that. But young and disenchanted Sam meets a mysterious and beautiful woman who's swimming in his building's pool one night. When she suddenly vanishes the next morning, Sam embarks on a surreal quest across Los Angeles to decode the secret behind her disappearance, leading him into the murkiest depths of mystery, scandal, and conspiracy. And that is the summary. What more can you say? What more can you say? Because, um, I mean, really, it is, um, you know, from that, it's it doesn't really do it justice, I think, because it's like, it goes into um, it is a lot of territory. It is um, an insane movie that covers so much ground. And maybe that was the first, because we usually don't talk about the movie too much, but we did kind of hint at some things earlier. But I know you said you felt like it felt long. Which it was a two and a half hour movie. I'll give you that. But for me, just the fact that it covered so many topics. There were so many characters. And if you think about it, the only location that we see multiple times is his apartment. Every other scene takes place in like a brand new location with like new characters. And it's just moving so fast. For me, pacing wasn't an issue. But I definitely understand, like, two and a half hours, that's that's a big that's a commitment. I don't know how you felt about it. Uh, yeah, I thought the, um, I thought the length wasn't really justified, because you're right, it does cover a lot of ground. And I hadn't even actually really thought about how they really just returned to his apartment. That's the only location that is seen multiple times. Uh, and otherwise, it's always somewhere else, which is, for the most part, true, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's that a few, nice. like, the park that he walks in, I think, the, uh, yeah, but that's the crazy kind of, guy's house, but... Yeah, it's yeah. kind of irrelevant, though, you know, yeah. in the grand scheme of it. Um, uh, What I don't like so much is, like... I felt like they pulled in a lot of things that just go unanswered. And maybe that's the point... But, like, they bring in the fucking owl kiss. Yeah, I was... And she, like, I have no idea what that is. No idea how it connects to anything. Who would this be? Why would they be doing this? Mm -hmm. Who could even be doing this, given the nature, especially by the end, of what it's revealed to be? Do they just 
have someone who's you like it doesn't feel and maybe that maybe that's something maybe i'm looking at it from the wrong angle maybe i'm making the mistake of viewing his ultimate realization of what happened to the girl as being the conspiracy that he stumbled upon but maybe it's more like he in doing that has come across several different things that are kind of disparate and they just don't go into as deeply but i don't yeah I don't know. This this movie is crazy in how that it strings everything together, or doesn't, I guess. But I'm just there's like so many moving pieces, and like you said, not all of them are. Uh, they don't conclude like everything they bring up. I felt like Andrew Garfield's character in this movie because I I was I was taking notes of like how many like different threads there were. So that kind of made me enjoy it more because then I did a little bit of reading. I didn't watch any reviews or any analysis because I didn't want to have that like influence my thoughts. I will go back and do that, but I just, you know, I want the podcast to be mm-hmm. our thoughts. But I did find out that there, you know, a, a common thing throughout the movie is finding meaning in just random things and, you know, everything being kind of connected and certain things serve yeah. a purpose. And I found out that, like, the movie itself has a bunch of those. Um, so one, I, I guess two of the big unanswered questions uh, besides the owl lady in, that I picked up on was, the who's the dog killer and what yeah. importance does it have at all? And then what was the parrot saying? And... Uh, if that meant anything at all. So on the parrot, I found a post on Reddit, like talking about, they think that the parrot is saying Ova, which is uh, Latin for egg. And there's the scene where he takes the eggs out of the carton to throw in a kid's face. (laughs) And apparently in that scene, there are seven eggs and five empty spaces and he removes one egg, which is 751, which is a number that comes up, like, in his research. Uh, I don't know if that's, like, a stretch or not, but I, I just think it's interesting that, like, a movie about this subject matter has also, like, inspired people to do the yeah. exact same to the movie. That is cool. I like that. But it, it has done that regardless of whether or not it was their intention to do it. It is yeah. cool that it has that, that effect. And then this, this neck, the dog killer thing, this seems like more so like this is the intention. Like I said, I, I, I want to form my own thoughts on the movie, but this is something that in a million years I never would have noticed. So I, I don't feel like it's, you know, uh, poisoning my opinion. But, so well, let, let, I guess, uh, do you have any ideas on who you think the dog killer is? I mean... It, I mean, I was under the impression he was the fucking dog killer, but maybe that's too simple. That's that's what I thought, uh, because it was like, it was pretty implied. You got your biscuits. It sounds like a red herring, though, when you say it out loud. And he he kind of views women as, like, dogs, uh, which I guess we can get into his sexual urges in a bit. We could definitely get into that. but... But I definitely, I thought, I didn't, like, know for sure if it was him, but I thought that was, like, kind of the point. Like, you were supposed to... It was heavily implied that it could have been him. But it's something I found on YouTube in a YouTube video. So apparently in the... And this is, again, something I don't think any of us would have noticed in a million years. Because it's like... You can pick up on like symbolism and stuff in movies pretty easily, I think. But 
this is just like <laughs> pretty crazy. So in the first scene when Sam is in the restaurant, um, before the opening shot, it shows the unicorn, a tiger, a snake, and a lion. Mm-hmm. All right. The first letters of each of these are U-T-S-L or Under the Silver Lake. And then in the first shot of the film, when uh, they're in line at the restaurant, the camera pans and there's a guy in the uh, line wearing a shirt with a bunch of animals on it. I did see that. And the animals in order are a bear, a walrus, alligator, raccoon, dog, ostrich, giraffe, koala, iguana, lion, and another raccoon. And if you take uh, the first letters of everyone, it's B-W-A-R, beware, D-O-G, dog, K-I-L-R, killer. And so people think that that, that guy is the dog killer. So it's kind of like, it was in front of us technically the whole time, you know, and he's meant to be a red herring. And I guess besides that, the dog killer doesn't really serve a purpose. I just, I just, don't, I just don't give a shit then, <laughs> frankly. I mean, because... But I think, it, I think that's interesting. That's the point, right? That, 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 that he, the dog killer is going around riding beware the dog killer and shit, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, well then... I mean, I would say in a normal movie, I would say, what motherfucker goes to those <laughs> lengths? But I can believe that in this movie. I just... I still prefer to think that he could have been. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just oh, yeah, proving yeah. my own point by saying maybe not knowing is better. I think in that situation it is. I think the thing oh, with yeah. the parrot even is. Yeah, I think the dog killer and the parrot were... I feel like they might have like meaning to the main story. But in my opinion, I think they might have just been added in there for something for the audience to to look at. And then you kind of find yourself behaving in the way Sam does because he is like a very delusional character mm-hmm. and uh, he, he either like hallucinates or has like crazy dream sequences you know he's clearly not like mentally stable and which I, I don't know um, yeah I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know where I was going with that but it's because it's like I thought that was I thought it was kind of kind of be like near the end it was going to be figured out that like it wasn't a big deal you know like oh she she just went missing or she just died in a car rat car crash and that <laughs> no. he and that he yeah and I thought the point like up until about the halfway point I thought the point was just going to be like he is this he's insane and he's trying to find meaning in all these little things and yeah. he's slow, you know he's kind of convincing us the audience like Oh yeah, maybe he's on something. Maybe it's on something. Which is you're right because I definitely got that as well because it's yeah. kind of hard. I want to say this. It's kind of hard not to get that because they had the one motherfucker who's only in like two, three scenes maybe. He's like friend who stalks the woman with the drone. Remember him? Mhm. Who like spells out things in the movie to you like you're a child. Yeah. He has that scene where he's like, well, that's just what it is, right? People trying to, like, uh, find meaning in uh, things and, like, over it. You know, he gives that spiel. 
But then it's, it's not. Cause, cause then it's not. Yeah. yeah. The whole the moment I was he's like, quite, he's not even delusional by the end. I mean, I guess. Yeah, I don't the, know. The twist in the movie is like when the homeless king just comes out of nowhere and takes him to the bunker. That's when I knew I was like, oh, it's not going to be that because like he's already figured out something. So even if he doesn't like discover the mystery of the woman, uh, he's stumbled across something. Um, my main thing that like logically that I just couldn't get over is like, why, why, why did they, why did the elite, you know, the elite have their whole plan to like put themselves in like tombs, right? Like pharaohs or whatever. Why did they then have all these hidden messages and everything to point people in the right direction? Especially since they said they spent a lot of money to make sure that that didn't happen. Because yeah. he gives that line and says a lot of money to keep people from meddling. And it's like, well, clearly you spent a lot of money to get people meddling. That was my main like, complaint. But also it's like, it's something so specific that I don't think anyone else could figure it out, you know? Like he well, just, no, it seems almost accidental. Even it, the, it worked the out. Yeah, it worked out so well for him. Like someone just so happened to give him the cereal box, and he just so happened to have a stack of uh, Nintendo Power magazines. Like, which makes it to... seems largely improbable. Yeah, it makes it seem like potentially he is still delusional. I don't know. That's kind of what I'm thinking. It feel it feels like he's still delusional, but then I don't know how everything works out perfectly. Um. One thing I was thinking is like, you know, uh, unreliable narrator. Right. Because we do really only follow the entire movie from his point of view, you know. I think he's in every scene, you know. You know, he doesn't have like narration or anything, but the camera never like, you know, goes somewhere that he's not, you know. Like it's in his head. Yeah. Really, yeah. like the and, film is. Yeah, you see his dreams and his delusions and stuff like that. So that was... That was the only thing I could think of is that like, well, not the only thing, but that's something I was kind of thinking of is maybe none of it happened or only parts of it happened. Because on one hand, like one point of the movie definitely seems to be that he, he is delusional and he is obsessive and he's looking for all these hidden meanings and things that just shouldn't be analyzed that deeply. But then mm -hmm. on the other hand, that kind of like, goes directly against that is almost everything he analyzes gives him something and i mean it, he works it all out in the end kind of uh i don't know there's i feel like i want to say something about this movie that i don't want to derail anything we've been saying i, I want to say that i actually don't dislike this movie i want to be particular okay I don't dislike this movie. Um, I'm not sure what I'm writing it yet, but I, I don't dislike I don't it. Either. <laughs> parts of it that I really enjoy. But there's something about it that, for some reason, and I don't. I think. Well, actually, no. That's that's nonsense. I know why. It really kind of pisses me off. <laughs> like it 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 strikes me. Well, it reminds me, the, the movie, like, I compared it, said, well, it kind of sounds a bit like the nice guy's guy stumbles on big conspiracy theory, blah, 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 blah. It's L.A., you know, whatever, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me a lot of Joker now. Really? Because not not okay. People, I say people as if anybody listens to this. The bots, you know, the bots, the bots, the bots, the bots are gonna say, "Well, Trevor, that's not at all what Joker's messing up." And you're right. It's not. It's not. It's not like narratively similar at all but thematically it is like rife with the like we live in a society here is deep statement about thing here and thing there and at parts it feels like it's critical of that right (sighs) like at parts it feels like it's critical of that but by the ending of it I don't think it can argue that it is critical of what critical of of being the we live in a society oh, yeah, kind yeah. of guy. Um, I thought it was critical of that. I mean, that's what I get, but like by the end of it, they portray like like literally that ending sequence when he's in the tent with the I don't know what you'd even call them with the rich fella mm-hmm. and the girls and um. That, like, perfectly encapsulates, like, the ultimate peak of that mindset. Like, the image of what those people are. Maybe I'm... No, I get what you're saying. Like, it's kind of like Maybe what I'm we were talking about earlier. About it, right? um, I definitely feel like... like I'm still missing, like, pieces to this movie. Uh, yeah. It's definitely something I wanted to, like, do more research on and rewatch at some point uh because it's like they think of themselves in like an almost mystical kind of way without being a cult you know mm-hmm. i mean but they stri- basically are a cult <laughs> they're basically a cult but they're not like strictly speaking a cult like it is just a bunch of people get together and do this thing right mm-hmm. but it's more about that individual themselves like, it is like the burial act of a king, right? Which you wouldn't call that, like, a cult. But it's just kind of like the cult of personality around them taken to... Which is what people talk about, you know? Like, oh, we we put our celebrities up on pedestals. We treat them like they're gods. We deify them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, idolize them. And it's like that's this taken to the ultimate extreme where it's not only you... But like the pharaoh being deified, you know, you get buried with him and you're killed in the process Mm -hmm. to honor him you know oh we're the real kings blah 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 um and i i don't know what that says because most of this discussion for me is just going to be me thinking about it and shooting the shit yeah i mean same here uh i watched this movie like it's probably been like three or four hours since i've seen it uh, I don't know about you. I think you watched a little bit earlier track. than me. A little bit. Yeah. I think I finished it around like 11 or midnight, and it's currently like almost 3 in the morning. So mm-hmm. it's been a few hours, but I feel like this is definitely a movie I need to let sit a little bit longer. It needs to simmer. Um, but at the same time, I do enjoy like having the discussion like right off the bat because you know, everything's still fresh, and it is fun it's to... better kinda... insight into what we're capable of. <laughs> it's fun to like kind of break it down and work it out um i had a point that i was gonna say but i just completely i didn't mean to it. derail you uh, from anything no no i i thought of it while you were talking and then oh, okay. just now i just blinked but i was gonna say 
I think is what I was going to say is it kind of reminds me of Mr. Robot. I know you haven't seen that, but it's like the Mr. Robot character is like a very like mentally unstable, deeply flawed character who has like a super like, um, I don't know what you would call it, but like is prone to believe in like conspiracy theories and you mm-hmm. know, all of this stuff. And he just so happens to stumble up on one that is real. And I've read some stuff about like, the earlier scripts for Mr. Robot, I mean, in the show, he's portrayed as, like, being pretty smart and, like, the main conspiracy theory that he goes after is true. But I read some notes and, like, he was supposed to believe, like, the Earth was flat and he thought, like, dinosaurs didn't exist and he, he thought all of these, like, crazy conspiracy theories. So then, you know, it's, it just so happens that one of them that he believes in it turns out to be true, you know, not presenting him as like some, you know, genius who is always right about everything, but it's just like, he's cracked the code. He, yeah. He's so crazy. You know, he, he takes a million shots in the dark and it just so happens that one of them is true. And that's kind of what I felt like this movie. I believe was. there's an old Stephen King story about that. About a guy, I think it was like, it's different though. It's like an author, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. And the author, I know it's a movie. I don't know if it's like a Stephen King. I think it's adapted from a Stephen King story, but I could be wrong. But it's about an author who, um, uh, he, he writes conspiracy thrillers. And he's not like a conspiracist himself, I don't think. Mm -hmm. But he somehow magically, by pure coincidence like makes a like like spells out a real conspiracy theory in one of his books exactly how it is in the real world and yeah. everybody involved in it's like how the fuck did you know and he's just i, I listen like... you get a bunch of monkeys at a typewriter <laughs> typewriter make them do it for eternity they're gonna do everything you know yeah well, i feel like that was kind of like this movie because it's like he has the obsession with conspiracy theories before this as a thing, you know? Yeah. He's yeah. a big fan of like the comic author and he's been like dissecting the Dana White on the Will of Fortune. God, that was nuts. But that's not her, that's the UFC. Vanna White. Vanna White. I was thinking of Dana White. I think that's like the UFC president or something. <laughs> but uh yeah, Vanna White and so and he just so happens to stumble across one that's real and he just so happens to be in the right place at the right times and have the uh access to the right information to work it all out which i understand is like not realistic at all but i i like that but i think that's something like subjective like i no i do think that it gets a certain pass because it's it is it is surrealist Mm mm-hmm it's a surrealist movie. When you're doing that, you can kind of get away with a lot of bullshit. I I really shouldn't even be that harsh. I don't think about the owl. I thought that um, the owl was like someone who's involved in like the rich cult who is like trying to silence him because they know that he's on onto it. And I thought that's why the owl lady killed the author of the comic book because he was also kind of onto the same thing. Wait, like, I, I don't even recall that. Did that? Wait, what? That the the owl. Oh, yeah. 
Oh my god, I didn't even... <laughs> yeah, like she killed the author. And I kind of thought she killed him because he had the the map in the cereal box, which was like a big key to the puzzle. This is embarrassing. I'm glad I didn't get to talk about this. I was under the impression that the man he was talking to was some completely different motherfucker. And I thought oh, really? they just dropped the whole <laughs> author thing entirely. No, because that was the author. I, was like, I wonder he... what happened to that author, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you know. Okay, that does make a lot more sense. All right. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of what I thought. But I think the owl girl is probably left up to interpretation. I, I don't think... Th- that's like a I don't think I my... love I love the scene where he turns around with the pistol and she very visibly is terrified and just kind of prances away. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like a cryptic like creature. It's It is a person. Yeah. They do clearly give that away. It's not some entity. Mhm. Uh, I thought or if that... it is an entity, it can get shot and killed. Before we knew it was a, not an entity. I thought that scene was like really good at being like super like like pretty scary, I thought. It reminded yeah, it me of, like, It Follows, which makes sense, but, like, kind of, like, not a jump scare, but the threat is looming in the yeah. background and the main character is not aware, but we as the audience see it. And I was nervous even when he was talking to the police officer and, like, the landlord. Oh, yeah. Even in the doorway, like, just sitting there in the darkness behind him, like, you Yeah, know. and then he goes back in his house. I would not, I, w- I would have left. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a bit. Like, I thought they were, it's like, you got to move out now. And they're like, we're going to clean your stuff out. And he'd be like, okay, yeah. And he just like. <laughs> yeah, I thought she was going to come back in that scene. Like, I did not think that was the last we were going to see of the, the owl woman. Because um, I, I thought the owl woman probably played I in. I guess, in fairness, she probably does play into that conspiracy. If yeah. they don't... say, we might not kill you. And she doesn't come back. Yeah. I didn't Which think implies the, they changed their mind about it, I guess. I don't think the dog killer did. Um, like I said earlier, I, I I feel like the point of the dog killer is just to like put the audience in the shoes of Sam, but I'm sure there there might be a, a larger point that I'm just missing. Because, um, I mean, even though, like the Easter egg I said, that, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that no. that man wearing the jacket is the the dog killer that might just be it's like an a, ingenious zodiac the, killer move that might just be like a fun little easter egg you know but beware the dog killer doesn't mean that that man is the dog killer um but i mean yeah besides sam the movie doesn't really present any other prime suspects i like that there's this guy out there who's just so goddamn dedicated to killing dogs <laughs> like you saw those posters if it is, well, they did imply that there might be more than one dog killer, I guess, kind of, didn't they? Remember correctly? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think they said there might be. I multiple. mean, Jesus, it's if you're if you're fucking known as guy who kills dogs, you know, I could become the dog killer if I went outside and just clubbed a fucking poodle. Then I'd be a dog killer too, you know. It's just like this one guy, his entire, like, what is it, modus operandi or whatever, is just kill dogs. And that big, massive wall of missing dogs. There was a cat on that, by the way. Um, that was funny to me. Where? The big wall. You know, like, they shared, like, the posters of, like, the missing dogs and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was a cat on it, if I remember <laughs> correctly. 
I thought that was Well, then the conspiracy theorists say that there were a bunch of missing posters for different things. Oh, Uh, did he? At one point, he said, like, I think he said, like, in the past few months, there's been a massive increase in posters. And then he, he said, like, missing dogs. But then he also said, like, missing guitars, missing people. Like, he just said, like, a bunch of stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah. Yeah, you're right. I'd kind of forgotten about him saying that. I I I don't know, like, if a lot of the stuff was like red herrings, or if there was like a point that I just. Well, I mean, forget. I guess the point is to be in very conspiratorial, and it does encapsulate that kind of feeling of going down a rabbit hole pretty well. Yeah, that's what. Like, that's why. I here's this, this. Here's that. Here's this. Here's that. Hmm. That's why I enjoy this movie because it felt less of like I was just watching it. I felt like very uh, captivated by the story, you know, and I was trying to like work it out alongside like the pace of the plot, which kind of like put me in the headspace of the main character in a way. And I guess that's why I really enjoy this movie because I like movies that do that. I think, you know, it takes a lot of creativity to mm. do that. Um from like a technical aspect like moving away from the plot which i'm sure we'll get back to uh it's very impressive (laughs) technically yes i I really like this guy as a director and i love the soundtrack in this movie um well i mean the soundtrack and it follows is awesome as well and this one had a great soundtrack it was very much like a noir movie and well it had a very noir soundtrack yeah it felt like an old 40s 50s movies and it played it at the exact right moments Mm -hmm. that those movies did as well and it had a lot of like the same camera movements like yeah and uh same shots of cars driving yeah yeah i i like i was a fan of all of that but it Um, still felt succinctly modern which is nice yeah well i was gonna say that really feel uh, to me, the movie, like, obviously it's in, like, modern-day L.A. Um, mm-hmm. it, for, like, a little bit, it kind of felt, like, kind of, like, out of time for me. Which is, uh, like, It Follows. Again, yeah, It Follows. It Follows is, like, that movie actually does take place, like, out of time. Because I think there's, like, they have, like, the old, like, rotary phones, I think. If I'm Bitch remembering got the smartphone in her, like, seashell thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, like, an alternate reality or, yeah. Um, they have like old yeah they have cell phones and like um and like nothing in the physical world in this movie implied that it was out of time but just kind of from the tone and like the dialogue in this movie I liked but I felt like most of the dialogue in this movie none of it felt natural none of it felt like two, two real people having a real conversation it felt very measured it felt like it was to further the plot always to me yeah well i Uh, liked it though because to me it i don't know it kind of for me it kind of played into the whole like old uh noir film well that's what they do in those movies i guess yeah and it was like a lot of the dialogue just felt like movie dialogue but i felt like that was very much intentional i i will say i i quite liked and I do think it felt natural in these scenes. I I liked uh, Garfield talking to himself and ranting to himself. And, well, when he rants at that woman. Because when you rant, even if you're ranting at somebody, you're ranting to yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Um, I really thought that, like, the way he's, when he's in that bathtub, the way he goes from so coyly and casually talking about this thing that he's, like, self-consciously aware of is kind of weird, you know, Mm -hmm. and then just to full-on fucking rampant obsession by the end of it is, like, a, that was, that felt really good. That was really natural, I thought. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's really exaggerated, but, like, purposefully. And yeah. that's how people really can be if they're like that and they're into that kind of thing. Because everybody kind of knows it's kind of weird, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's still like, you know, there's nobody who's like a conspiracy nut who thinks that everybody's weird for thinking he's weird, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just like he thinks it's real. Uh, they just don't get it, you know, right? And then he's going and, and he's like, but oh, but you think that's weird. And he just pulls back immediately. <laughs> and yeah. And that was... I, I like that. That was pretty fantastic. And it made me appreciate him as an actor more than I did before. Yeah, I thought he was great in this movie. Um, like, he was funny. Uh, he had some, like, more serious moments. Um, I think I've only I've only seen him in, like, The Amazing Spider-Man, I think. I've seen him in one more movie. I've seen him in Hacksaw. Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Which was good, but it was it's just such a standard thing. Mm-hmm. Is he it's in just Social like Network? I believe he is, but I've not seen that. Movie. I've heard that's a great movie. That's something I watched. <sighs> He's in Silence. That's a movie I want to watch. The one about the Japanese missionary, the English Christian missionaries going to Japan when oh, you know yeah, yeah. at a time when in Japan, if you're a Christian missionary, you get your head cut off. That Wait, what's of... Hacksaw then? I thought that was Hacksaw. Is no, Hacksaw is the World War II one. Yeah, he's the pacifist, okay. in World War II, which is like a really generic. <laughs> Uh, performance to give he does it well but it's just kind of like yeah god though no, you know yeah well someone who uh went in this movie hating him i i thought his performance was really good he's really the only like standout for me but he's really the only the girl character. from garfunkel and oats or whatever which one was that the one he fucks in the beginning oh okay I... she had the weirdest dialogue to me but i liked that yeah well she felt like the beginning like you've got this character and a lot of old noir movies um, and I always think of um, when I think of this I don't know if it's really considered a noir movie but I kind of do because the, I mean, the movie I'm thinking of is a conspiracy conspiracy movie which is Manchurian Candidate the original one mm-hmm. I always kind of think of uh, oh what's her name Did, uh, let me, uh, I guess it's God, I can't remember her name. I think it's Janet Leigh's character. I think if it was her, I'm not sure if I'm wrong. Forgive me. But it's 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 uh, Sinatra's uh, love interest in the movie. Um, she's basically just there for him to say shit to. Right? Like, without yeah. him just talking to himself. But so that he'll have somebody to talk to so that the audience can hear him talk about it. And that's kind of a thing you see in a lot of those noir movies, like the character who's like the sounding off board just there to, you know. Mm -hmm. And she kind of felt like that, even though they never really, not really, because she doesn't really ever get to do anything too involved with it. But, um... Well, isn't there a trope in noir movies of like the attractive lady kind of, you know, drawing in the man and then... Yeah, setting you on a path. Yeah. I think that's kind of the role she served. Um, 
Yeah, I liked. Uh, he's from Westworld, but I forgot his name. He plays William in Westworld, and he's also in uh, Jimmy Simpson. Uh, he's also in Always Sunny. He's one of the oh the the weird cousins. <laughs> yeah, that's where I recognized him from. I, I thought he was like really funny in the, in this. Uh, he was. He was blouse. Yeah, he was. He was entertaining in this. Um, no one else really got that much. Uh, screen time really it was Jesus. No. <laughs> Jesus probably had more screen time than most characters. <laughs> Okay, I want to shit. The one, the one scene in this movie that feels like the most like insane and removed from the rest of the plot. Mm, what you're gonna say? Go ahead. Is and say when he it. goes into the the giant castle that's just in the <laughs> middle of LA and discovers that there's an old man who has written <laughs> every classic song. The songwriter. For three generations, and he just snaps and bashes his head in with Kurt Cobain's guitar. I, I love that scene. That way, yeah, that was a great but scene. But what the fuck? I have no idea because it kind of plays into the conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a thing that's like. Hmm. Okay, so what we were talking about earlier, like. You know, he's saying he's seeing meaning and all these things that don't have meaning. Right. I thought even when he's even when we realized us, the audience realized like, oh, he's actually onto something. I still thought that maybe he was um, there wasn't there wasn't any meaning in what he was overanalyzing. It just so happened that he was uh, like in the right place at the right time and was just really lucky. So it, it appeared like he was uncovering some conspiracy by like you know looking at the back of a cereal box but really it, ju- it just so happens that this map is where this thing is happening yeah exactly that's what i thought but the songwriter kind of negates that point because there's a wrench in it yeah like you know he finds these hidden messages and songs and that's kind of like i think the pink like dark side of the moon is the one i've always heard it's if you play it alongside alice in wonderland it's supposed to like match up perfectly and people think that like Pink Floyd wrote that um song like with the movie in mind. And I think there's a ton of other like theories around Dark Side of the Moon, but the, the, album... band, the band came out and said like they're all uh bullshit, like and that, you know, it's just a stretch. So I thought that's what was gonna happen. But then no, the songwriter reveals to him that he has been putting <laughs> hidden messages in all of these songs but he doesn't even know the reason. He's just told to by someone else, right? Is that what he kind of implies? I thought he just did it for the hell of it. I mean, that's Maybe. what I got from it. But I don't. I, I can't remember his Did he word. refer to something specific? Like no, I think he just maybe said, "I don't know what they mean" or "I don't know where they come from." I thought he said something like that. I thought he was just doing it to do it. Like he just like because that was kind of and. But then if like. Going back to the we live in a society thing, it's like he's just so far removed from everything. Like he says, oh, I've collected so many things over the years. Mm-hmm. Like he's indifferent to all of it. It's just he can, he, like he can. That's why he does it, because he can. So but like that that to me implies that he's like a member of the elite, right? So he knows about the whole ancient burial thing. So he's just putting in these codes for just the fun of it. 
But then why is also there's codes in like a cereal box and like a Nintendo Power magazine? That's that's what I don't get. Like, which I think I touched on that earlier. But the main thing, the main like, and it does feel weird to like logically dissect this movie because I don't know if you're supposed to, or maybe you are, but you're not supposed to find answers. But it's like, just doesn't make sense to me that they put all these messages, you know, hidden messages into get people to discover yeah it kind of muddies it a bit because it's like okay why does this yeah if they anything it if they wanted people to find it why make it so complicated that like it's like like a one in a million chance to work everything out but if they didn't want people to find it why do anything at all like you don't have to i i think i think it is that he just somehow stumbled upon all of this even that guy that's that's what it feels like. That feels like like even weird. like just because he happened to listen to this one band. I do think the guy is kind of disconnected from it, though the songwriter. Maybe it's like what I said earlier, where it's like he just somehow comes across multiple conspiracies about things. You yeah, know? yeah. So about you... um. Of course, I don't think the owl lady is a separate conspiracy anymore. No. Throughout but our I mean, discussion, but... the code that this guy put in the movie was or put into the song was like rub the head and stand under newton right you're right and right that so that, that him, fucks it up that led him directly to the to the bunker which means the songwriter has to be in on this whole elite conspiracy somehow <laughs> ah jesus fucking christ that's a thing it's like logically i cannot explain this movie to you but just the experience that i had watching it was very positive uh, that's my main takeaway, and I, I don't know, but I definitely, it, that's a purely, like, subjective viewpoint. I think mine's going to end up being similar in its subjectivity, uh, yeah. but maybe taken in a different way, different <laughs> angle. Um, yeah. I mean, is there anything else big you want to talk about before we rate it? Oh, it is there to talk about. Um I, I do think it's funny that the that the rich and powerful uh, is specifically mimic ancient Egyptian, not only in custom but in architecture. Like mm-hmm. that's just going to confuse. They like they're like in a thousand years they'll find us. When they found ancient, when the people started like exploring ancient Egypt, until they found the Rosetta Stone, people had no fucking clue what they were looking at. Right, like they're like, what is this fucking shit? Right, mm-hmm. like this is impressive. This isn't like what people have done here in many years. Right, because that's the thing about how old Egypt is. Right, mm. like well, when I say that, I mean like the old kingdom, like ancient Egypt, is so old that, and you might have seen this before. It's like a bit. It's like a meme. It's like the Cleopatra's birth and like her life is closer in time chronologically to the moon landing than it is to the building of the pyramids, the Great Pyramid. Mm-hmm. Like that's how far back that is. Um, that's ancient, ancient shit. And it's like if if you want archaeologists in a thousand years to know to like see you and say, ah, yes, these were the real kings of this country of this world. They were immaterial. They didn't care about possessions and titles and land. Right? They cared about hedonistic delights and vague nihilism. Right? That's what they cared about. Right? 
they're just gonna dig that up and they're gonna be like, what the fuck is this fake Egyptian shit doing here in the middle of nowhere? Or if it's like legitimate Egyptian shit, then they're gonna be even more confused. Because then they're gonna be asking, how did the Egyptian shit get in here? And then they're gonna walk in there and say, why is this guy, why is this white guy buried in here? Like, they, they, like they won't know. and it, Like, they won't come to that fucking conclusion. But, um... That's not really a nitpick. That's just funny. I don't. I don't yeah, understand yeah. the logic of that. But um, yeah. Um, <laughs> one thing I guess I want to say before we get into ratings is that it's something I kind of. Uh, obviously, it was this isn't like a hidden meaning or anything. It's very clear. But I didn't. I didn't really think about it much until like just a few minutes ago. But like, uh, and like it. Like, despite, like, all the work he does, you know, all, all the crazy shit he does. I mean, he, he murders people to find all of this out. Uh, he really doesn't accomplish anything. He, he doesn't save the girl that, you know, he was doing all of this for. He doesn't, like, un even though, he, yes, he uncovered this conspiracy, what's the point? He can't tell anyone or he's going to be killed. Um his life doesn't change like at the end of the movie he's still like a jobless loser who's like getting evicted from his apartment um it's like i don't know maybe that has something to say about like the themes or something but that's just something i noticed like, um i but, guess it maybe it is kind of like what's the point intentionally like yeah i mean i, I yeah. really need to do any of this that he need to know any of this because in the end i guess he didn't yeah it doesn't affect him at all really and it doesn't he didn't yeah he didn't change anything like um i was gonna say one more thing but i honestly forgot oh yeah i guess we haven't touched at all about just how damn horny this movie is like oh very horny <laughs> which definitely plays into the themes of and, and like his character because he's a very uh this movie is basically like if an incel accidentally stumbled upon like a crazy conspiracy. <laughs> Which going back into it again, I think that that might be kind of the point. Like he just so happened, he just so happens to be getting lucky, uh, because it it feels like if just like a Reddit incel who spends his entire day just like looking at all these conspiracy like subreddits just so happens to uncover something, but. Yeah, this movie felt like what if an incel was a noir detective? <laughs> this guy on pole. Yeah. Cause he is he is one horny dude. Uh it's like all I was like laughing at the scene where he had all the evidence spread out, but he was like masturbating over it. <laughs> and then that's when he gets his big like Eureka moment, like that post nut clarity, I guess. That's don't don't fucking knock on the post not clarity. That shit's not, fucking magic. That movie, this movie proved it. Uh, I don't have anything else big to say though about this movie. I mean, I, I that camera sure does like looking at asses for him. <laughs> but it was they from really, his, his perspective. Yeah, you're right. Of course, being a pervert. It's funny. Yeah. Um, um, I guess this has probably been like our most like different discussion because we're not really so much like bringing to, uh, you know we're, we're trying to work out this movie instead of like telling saying our thoughts on it which is very much the kind of movie that uh kind of inspires that kind of discussion i guess so it's fitting but 
I don't really think it's something you can break down. No. I think it's something that somebody just has to watch and be like, yeah, this is what I think about it. And this movie has like a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I can definitely, I understand why people love this movie and I can understand why people hate this movie. I mean, it's definitely like, oh God. I think think objectively it's a well-made movie in all the technical aspects, but uh, subjectively, I mean, I, I think you could either like fall in love with the story and the themes, or I think you could like absolutely hate it. And I get both sides. <laughs> I'm not in the middle. I I definitely enjoyed this more than I disliked it, but I can understand how someone could absolutely hate this. And I mean, you said you liked it too, but yeah, yeah there's just some aspects of it that like actively piss me off. But it's the same thing <laughs> for Joker. Yeah, I like Joker. Okay, but Joker just pisses me off. Yeah, um, same here. I think Joker's a well-made movie, but it pisses me off. But I wasn't pissed off by this movie. I was, I was pretty, uh, I was pretty invested in the world and the whole, the whole story. Um, do you remember who rated first last week? Because I don't really. No, I think I did. Actually. Are you sure? Uh, no, now that I'm not sure, because I feel like I feel like I went first for Walkabout too, but uh... <laughs> do you new, have a... new new pattern? What do you think it is? You think it's? Uh, honestly, I don't remember. I'll just go first, and yeah, we'll start a new pattern. If yeah, if I went first last week, apologies to all the bots listening. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to say much more about this movie. I, I feel like I've said all I can say at this point about it. Um, you know, I definitely get why some people dislike this movie, but I get why some people love it. I I think Crappy McDick on his letterbox is in like his top four movies of all time. And I, I can understand that. Um, I was super invested in like everything about this movie and even though, like, after it was all said and done, and I thought about it for a little bit, I wasn't as satisfied. Uh, I think my enjoyment of the film was still far outweighs any any negatives I have with the movie. And with the movie like this, some movies I feel like, uh, let's just take a J.J. Abrams mystery box, for example. Oh, God. I feel like they just have a bunch of unopened questions that do not have answers and it's clear to see that um they just kind of throw these in there to seem deep on the other hand i think you have movies like a david lynch movie where there's a lot of stuff that makes no sense but that's the point it's not to trick you to make you think you know it's more meaningful than it really is which is you know i would i would equate that to jj abrams but i feel like david lynch throws in a bunch of stuff that makes no sense but that's the point um you know that nothing makes sense and then on another hand a third hand you've magically grown a third hand and this is what is in it uh some movies and this may be not the best example but it's the first one popping into my mind nice guys has all these like crazy things that don't really make sense but then at the end they're all wrapped up and logically they all make sense and honestly i could not tell you which one of those categories this movie falls into i don't know if it just has a bunch of questions that literally don't have answers just to make you seem 
make you feel like it's deeper than it really is. I don't know if it has a bunch of like unanswered questions, uh, you know, to seem more surreal. I don't know if all the questions have answers and I'm just too small brain to get it. But regardless, I really enjoyed this movie and I think I'd give it an eight out of 10. What did you think? Kind of thought we'd be farther apart than this. <laughs> um, so I basically agree with pretty much everything you said. I really don't know what it's trying to... Like, if it is like the mystery box or if there is some kind of depth to it. Because mm-hmm. uh, it is definitely possible. And Crafty McDick is more than welcome to tell us because at this point I'm convinced he's the only real person who's seen this movie <laughs> who listens to this podcast. Yeah, he can he, come at us if he's anytime. Still listening. He can hit me up. I'm not even kidding. He can like fucking hit me up on Letterbox. Hit me up on fucking hit the fucking YouTube channel up. Just fucking leave a comment. That's all you need to do. And you can tell us like something about this because I'm willing to admit that I'm probably small brain with this. Yeah, I want someone to explain um, this movie to me. <laughs> and so, that having been said. It is very impressive, technically. I, I, I enjoy looking at this movie mm-hmm. a lot. Um, thank Alex. Oh, God. Andrew Garfield. almost called him Alexander Garfield. Andrew <laughs> Garfield gives a pretty great performance, I'd say, mm-hmm. throughout the duration of the movie. Um, but there's just something about it that just fundamentally irks me to my very core. And I think it to me is that it it comes across like it's really really infatuated with itself mm-hmm. like the movie thinks it's big brain the people involved think they're big brain and I always just kind of have distaste for that mm-hmm. because it it, it, it 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 always kind of to me leads to weaker narratives and weaker and to weaker big brain shit, right? Because you don't need to be that big brain if you think you already are big brain, right? Because, mm-hmm. oh, it makes perfect sense to me why this is this and this is that, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, it, you know, you might forget to actually put shit in there that makes it meaningful and makes it possible for you to connect back to it. But I, I do enjoy it. I don't think I could ever say that it's like something I'd consider like an essential film, you know? Yeah. Um, but I do, I do like it. I really don't know what to say about it largely. Yeah. It's, I mean, if you, it's an experience. It's, it's, it's something you got to go watch. It's like, I wouldn't, I, you know, we've seen Synecdoche. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to fucking break Synecdoche down. No. Even now, it's been months since we've seen that. I wouldn't be able no. to see Yeah, I've seen that movie like oh. three times, and I still don't think I could break it down. Yeah, I, it's like, okay, it's whatever you think it is after you saw it. Exactly. I mean, a movie we both hate, it's like that. Only God forgives. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I'd have to give this movie a final rating of... I'm, I'm, I'm tossing it between two <laughs> I think it's unfair to go that low. 
I think I'll give it a seven out of ten. Seven? Okay. So you were I, th- I, you were thinking about a six and a seven? Yes. Yeah, because I, I was thinking about an eight and a nine. So, but I, I went with an eight just because I I don't think I fully grasped this movie yet. So, I don't know. I went with a seven because I don't think I fully grasped this movie yet. So I don't want to be <laughs> that harsh to it. Yeah. Um, See, I didn't want to be that positive, but <laughs> again, the one point streak has not been broken. Not yet. No. <laughs> um, it will. One day. Um. I, so it's uh, it's my recommendation this week. All right. And okay, I've got cooked up for us. Well, this is a thing. I have two. Because oh. I, I had an idea. Not that we're going to be watching two, but I Wait have two minute. ideas. Wait a minute. What? No, no. I was like, just saying, like, oh, I bet I. Well, so I had an idea. Since we're in quarantine right now and we can't do any more commentary tracks, I thought, not doing this frequently, but I thought maybe, you know, what? We're like seven, six, seven episodes in. I thought maybe it would be a nice change of pace if we watch like a bad movie and then just make fun of it for a whole episode mm-hmm. instead of picking like these like classics that we like analyze and dissect uh not saying we do a good job of that but you know what i mean no, no, but uh, the, it's the, it's the thought that counts yeah I, I thought about maybe having a much more like relaxed episode where it's like we go into it knowing that the movie is going to be shit so I have a recommendation if you want to do that, but if you don't, I have like a normal recommendation of like an actually good movie. Okay. Um, so I, I was just gonna get your thoughts on it because I don't care either way. But are we talking like is this gonna be the episode for the week or is this gonna be like? A... No, no, yeah, it would be the weekly podcast. <laughs> it would okay. be like next episode. I mean, I'm down to try anything once, so we might as well. What what, what do yeah. you have? Yeah, we'll throw it. We'll, okay, so we'll do this. Uh, definitely not the t- typical film we'd be watching. I don't want it to become the typical thing. I don't no, want no, it to I, become I, the... No, no, not at all. No, I, thought... I know you wouldn't do that. Oh, like, yeah. what if this goes viral because we do a <laughs> shitty uh, podcast about a shitty movie and then we're just stuck <laughs> doing that for the rest of our days? Yeah. I but, okay. You know, maybe like every, like... 10 or so episodes like it might be kind of funny to throw in like a, just a bad movie so I actually heard about this movie from the super mega podcast uh, been in quarantine I've been like l- l- catching up on a bunch of podcasts and they talked about how this was like one of the worst movies <laughs> they've ever seen so I instantly added it to my watch list so this movie is from 2007 <laughs> and it is Delta Farce starring Larry the Cable Guy <laughs> and it is from what I understand it is (laughs) these these army men right are meant to go to Iraq this is set in the Iraq war but their plane crashes in Mexico but they don't realize it so they think they're in (laughs) Iraq so it's kind of just like ripping off um what's the other movie Tropic Thunder it's yeah. It sounds like Tropic it's, Thunder, uh, but slightly also um, apparently more intolerant. It's like a uh, I don't know from what I've heard. It's not. Um, it's also apparently like a remake of the Three Amigos. Is that what that movie's called? Where the three cowboys like stroll into a like a town in Mexico and kind of like save it from like, the three Padres. Um, I don't. 
what's that movie called? I think it's called The Three Amigos. Well, there's the, there's Magnificent Seven, which is kind of about that. But... No, yeah, it is Three Amigos. Nineteen. John Landis movie. Eighty six. Um, yeah, John Landis. I see. I think this is it. Yeah, because it's about it's a. This is that about is, three actors. That looks like a better movie. This is about like it doesn't. This is Three Amigos is about three. Looks actors. like a looks like a what's his face comedy. Mm. Um, it's like a like a what's his name the um. It looks like a Mel Brooks comedy, and and it doesn't look like whatever the fuck Delta Farce looks like. Yes, yeah, so I'm excited. <laughs> so don't expect like this. Uh, I don't I don't know how long the conversation can be. You know, don't expect like a super long episode next week. But I just No, we this... can talk about Delta Force. I feel like we could. I feel like I feel like we could trash this movie for a while. But yeah, so Oh my god. <laughs> Delta Force two thousand seven agreeing to this. I'm like no. Starring Larry the Cable Guy. I wanted to save it for commentary tracks, but I mean who knows when we're gonna be able to do another one of those. Could always do them online, but that's nowhere near as fun. I've been thinking about that, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I think this is a good substitute. Uh, yeah, so this definitely won't become the norm, you know. I just figured, like, every ten or so episodes, it might be a fun thing to do, just throw in a movie. Not even necessarily, like, a bad movie, but just something that's, like, kind of wacky and out there. Um, Not like the big brain picks we've been making. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think uh, Looney Tunes back in action would have been a good pick if I didn't already watch that. God, Looney Tunes back in action. I... That's commentary. <laughs> yeah, that is. That is definitely a commentary track movie. Um, But yeah, so that's a recommendation for next week, and I don't really have anything else to add. I don't Neither do I. That's the podcast, that's everybody. The Boys and girls and bots. We don't know what we're doing anymore. We've lost our minds. What day is it? I don't know. When will I go outside? It's been a week since I've left my house. I mowed today. That's like... You did. Yeah, you're right. You did mow That's as far today. as I've ventured from the house. Um... Um, no, wait. I did I did pet my dog today. Nice. And I, and I helped my father break down scaffolding the other day. Nice, dude. Beyond that, I've not left these walls. Dang, I've uh, I'm still recording, but uh, I was gonna say uh, I uh, I thought about like venturing out to get some nicotine uh tonight, but oh. I don't know. It just uh, like even though I know the risk is very low, because it's like three in the morning and there's like a twenty four seven gas station close to my house but it's kind of away from like any other people last time i went in at like two in the morning and it was completely empty so i know the risk is very low but i would still just feel terrible if i like gave it to another member of my family because i do have family uh like extended family staying with me now so it's like yeah that's like a paranoid thought but it's like mm-hmm. i just want to be as safe as possible but no that's reasonable you know I don't know how long I can last without nicotine. And I'm almost out. Uh, <laughs> you poor boy. <laughs> anyway, I guess that's the show. That's the show. That's a wrap. That's awful. I can't do the voice. I can't do that. Fucking stick with fucking voice. Oh, one more thing. <laughs> oh, we're back. What I was just going to say, in the Looney Tunes back, to, back in action, there was a joke about they made Porky Pig stop stuttering because it was uh, insensitive. <laughs> the people with the stutter. 
and he says like i hate this like he doesn't say cancel culture because it's like you know it was like 2006 but or no 2003 sorry he says something about like like i hate uh, politically correct i think that's what he says he's like i i i hate being politically correct and then it pans over to fucking the little hispanic mouse and who's just like all the all the like hispanic stereotypes and he says like tell me about it <laughs> the movie's insane <laughs> the movie's Gonzalez. <laughs> all right goodbye. that's what we're gonna be seeing in delta force next week next week tune in racism next week judy was boring hello then judy discovered jumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.